This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Defending the Kingdom. We're going to jump into the quarterback situation with the Kansas City Chiefs, everybody's favorite topic. But before we do that, Shop, Mitch Holtis with you, Voice of the Chiefs, along with the man we call the Shop, Spider-Man, Barbershop, Sean Barber, 10-year NFL veteran. Shop, you know we normally rock the red. You know I rock the red, Red Friday, Big Red, Red on Red, right? Today, blue. Because as we uh, put this together, it's on April the 9th. They designated Wear Blue Day. Your family, my family, prayers up uh, for all the folks, the nurses, the aides, the technicians, uh, the doctors, the first responders that are on the front line uh, in in this battle against COVID-19 and our pandemic. That's why we're rocking the blue today. We love the red, but this is a day for blue. Well, you see, I got my For the City hat on, Lincoln Preps. Love that that, uh, that 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 blue they got going on right there, but I can't wait to see some pictures of downtown Kansas City. Even though um, you know everybody's in the stay at home, stay in place type uh, procedure, I hear that a lot of the businesses in the cities are going to put on blue lights, turn the city blue, kind of like Greater Kansas City Day when it's Royals opening season. So I think the city of Kansas City will definitely show their respect, their honor. Um, and how committed we are to our first responders. Um, thank you. We can't thank them enough for all they're doing to keep us safe, keep us healthy um, in this um, in this, pe- this pandemic, whatever. Uh, COVID-19. Yeah, I've talked to health administrators, people involved uh, in that industry, and man, they are just under the gun. They are incredible. And they are heroes and heroines uh, in this time that we're living. All right, let's jump into the quarterback situation. And there are four guys right now on the current roster of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, That's what we've kind of done here now for two months. Uh, Barbershop and I have looked at every room so far uh, going through the roster. Then we look at the free agents, although this one doesn't really matter with the quarterback free agents. That's not a big part of the discussion. But the draft is. And as I alluded to earlier on Twitter, like, why would we talk about quarterbacks in the draft? Because we got the GOAT, right, with Patrick Mahomes. Just bear with us here because we've got some different looks at this that may uh, alter your way of thinking or at least open up some thought. But Patrick Mahomes, I mean, we could do the rest of the podcast, the rest of our lives on him. Uh, Shop, you played in this year or this league for 10 years. When I look at him with 76 touchdowns and 17 picks in two years, his completion percentage – all of his volume is production. I mean, this is the GOAT's GOAT. But to me, too, is the way he handles this room. I thought the year he had with Alex Smith was great, but I think he learned a lot on how to handle that room. He's phenomenal uh, in our locker room, but in that quarterback room, uh, this guy's just for real big time. Yeah, we talk about a guy that's able to play beyond his years. Um, he, play, he played like a seasoned veteran right out the shoot. He's able to identify defenses, know their strengths and weaknesses, know how our plays are going to develop against that defense. Um, and he's never, he's never, he's never tricked. Um, no matter what kind of disguise this, the back end is using, no matter who you bring and don't bring, he can feel the pressure. He has the mobility. He has all the arm slots. He has tremendous uh, arm talent, but he has that visionary. And then you talk about the leadership ability, bringing a team together 
in a certain path in a certain direction, being able to follow the tutelage of Coach Andy Reid, getting all 53 guys on the same page to stomp and march in one accord is what led to us being a championship team. We've talked about communication. He is the one A plus plus elite level top dog, alpha dog, however way you want to describe it. He doesn't let his good prevent him from being great. And then when, when greatness hits him, he doesn't allow greatness to prevent him from being elite. And we see an all-time level of productivity at the quarterback position. We talk about that quarterback room. He leads the charge, and he does it each and every day. And then um, the season until you get to the playoffs. Yeah, Shop, we've seen it before. You may trick him for a second or two, but he's going to win the next 10 seconds. And then you may trick him for a play, maybe, maybe. But he's going to win the next 25 plays. That's just the way it's <laughs> But but I love his mentality and how he deals with people. Um, I'm a big fan of his mom. I think his mom. Uh, but he's he's great in handling and dealing with our guys, as you mentioned. But the rest of this room, Chad Henney is right now uh, the backup for this team. And Chad had the injury last year in the Pittsburgh preseason game. Prior to that, in camp, he looked great. And during the preseason games that he got to play, he looked very good. But he's only played seven games, seven real games since 2013. But Chad Henney in that backup role, and now we have seen throughout the league just the value of backups, what Matt Moore did last year. I mean, so the mm -hmm. Wikipedia definition of a backup quarterback, you must win a meaningful game. And that's what happened for the Chiefs last year. And look what it meant for their entire season. So now Chad Henney slips back into the backup role. Yeah, I think Chad must have shown uh, Coach Brett Veach and Coach Andy Reid so much, uh, uh, such a grasp and understanding about the offense that even without gameplay, even though, uh, you know, uh, Moore came in and lost a game, won a game, won a big game against the Vikings for us, he showed that he could win with our offense, but we don't really know how much we had to manipulate or adjust the offensive calls to fit Matt Moore's uh, talent. I think, you know, Henny showed through training camp, through the preseason, before he got injured last season, that he was able, he was he was capable of understanding the call. He was able of, of being able to run the offense without having to make any adjustments to the offensive philosophy. And I think that's one thing the coach values over actual production. Uh, Is this somebody in that room that veteran leadership who can understand things? He can be a, another coach, coaches another set of eyes for our coaching staff because he's seeing things the same way coaches does. He's been in the league so long. Um, the, the coverage aspect, the pressure aspect, um, the pros and cons of what kind of play philosophies work certain defense. I think he's looking at, at things through the same set of eyes as Coach Andy Reid. And you can't have enough of those guys in, um, in any room or on the field at one time. Um, and I think that leads toward the entire uh, quarterback room working at a higher level. Yeah, and when you look, Two, there's a lot of eyes uh, surrounding Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and I think Henny fits right in with what Mike Kafka does, yes. with Eric Bianami and Coach Coach Reed. Of course, Coach Reed. Uh, but don't forget Mike Kafka in this. The dude's, I think, is a brilliant dude. Uh, all right, Kyle Shermer here last year looked good in the preseason. I remember his game against Chicago. He looked great. And then there was the pick six. There were some protection breakdowns. Ball gets broken up, and Chicago gets a pick six and actually turns that preseason game around. I liked Shermer at Vanderbilt. I liked him a lot. He beat Tennessee several years and hard to do when you're a Vanderbilt quarterback. But he also was 33 of 56 last year. So accuracy in the preseason, 316, two touchdowns and a pick. The other interesting thing is dad is now defensive coordinator <laughs> of the Denver Broncos. So 
It's an intelligence game going on here. It's just like Mission Impossible, like light the light the little fuse that we'd see going across the screen now. Like who's going to get the most intel? His dad or Kyle with us? Man, that's going to be an interesting uh, dynamic to even pay attention to during training camp. Um, you know, uh, you can't ignore the fact that, uh, that they do share the same last name and that being a guy in our division um, at a defensive coordinator job. I would hate to see a guy lose their job because their dad ends up being the DC at a, at a, at a rival team. But if there's any scenario where that might happen, um, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta protect your Intel. You gotta protect why we're doing things, why we do certain protections, why we shift things, why we change things up. Um, and if you're in the quarterback room, um, that's all access. You have access to the reason we do everything offensively is in that quarterback room. That's where it begins and starts. And so, um, and maybe that was a, a reason we we actually went out and acquired another quarterback. I know you're going to talk about him soon. Yeah, and we're going to get into now the fourth quarterback in the room, who's a very interesting discussion, in my opinion. And we're going to go some different ways that I haven't heard anybody go uh, go there yet with this guy. But Jordan Ta'amu, who is the uh, XFL Battle Hawks quarterback for St. Louis, really interesting dude, 6'3", 221, the third highest rated quarterback in the XFL. But prior to that, had two years at Ole Miss, two very big years at Ole Miss, 5,600 yards passing, 30 touchdowns in just two years. Why? Junior college transfer. He was at New Mexico Military Community College after uh, coming from Pearl City, Hawaii. So think of the Hawaiian quarterbacks here, right? Tua uh, comes into this discussion. Marcus Mariota, now an Oakland Raider. Here's another one, Jordan Ta'amu, who played for Pearl City, right there by Pearl Harbor, um, on the east side of Honolulu. Uh, but this kid now has some ability. If you look at his video, his ability, he played with DK Metcalf. There's a lot of times they hooked up at Ole Miss. But Tamu brings some talent to this room, and I think there's some interest in why the Chiefs really kind of recruited him to be a part of this quarterback group. Yeah, we, we talk about this league being a copycat league, and it, it's hard to say that the Chiefs have any need or necessity to copy what anybody else is doing with the, the success we've had on the offensive side. But you have the Saints offense and how they've been using Taysom Hill. That has to intrigue everybody. That that mobile quarterback, that H-back position, that's, that ability to, to catch a fly sweep and still pass the ball very accurately down the field, even coming in on short yardage to run a quarterback sneak. Um, if we refer to last year, that was the play, uh, the, the scenario that, you know, Pat Mahomes dislocated his knee. If you can allevi- allevi- alleviate that opportunity for injury just by your, your third or fourth quarterback position, being somebody who can do all of those things and has the ability to still play special teams, um, he adds a, a dimension to fake punts um, and, um, in, 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 that, in that scenario that, that opens up that playbook even more. So we talk about a, a, a blooming, blossoming uh, Kansas City Chiefs offensive attack. I think a mobile quarterback um, like this this guy from the XFL can add that that that, that other ripple um, that we're going to see around the league. That I call it the Tim Tebow effect. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tim Tebow did it like nobody else. So I think everybody's going to try to add some kind of some kind of Taysom Hill um, um, to their playbook. Let's go there, because that was one of the two places I wanted to go. You beat me to the punch, and it's great. Let's pick up the discussion there. What Taysom Hill meant to the Saints uh, has everybody thinking. First of all, everybody wants to find Patrick Mahomes. Rare of thanks, he's ours, all right? The GOAT (laughs) is ours. Uh, But we're going to get Patrick involved in this discussion 
uh, in two different realms here. Um, and the, not this one, but maybe kind of. The Taysom Hill thing with Jordan, when you watch Jordan on video, the first thing I thought of was Taysom Hill. Yes. Why? Because of Jordan's ability. Watch his quarterback draws at Ole Miss. Now, his 40 time is not blazing. He's not going to win the Olympic 100-meter dash. He's 477 when he came out of Ole Miss running the 40. But it's his football speed. It's that 15-yard speed that he's got. Watch his quarterback draws at Ole Miss. It's, it's, and watch the XFL plays with the Battlehawks. that This guy can run. Now, all of a sudden, let's put him and Mahomes on the field at the same time. And now this dude at 6'3", 221, lines up. Oh, he's in the slot. Now what are you going to do when you got you got all this other stuff? You got Tyreek Hill, and we go right down the list, and Kelsey. But now he's out there, and Ta'amu can run it, and he can throw it, and you almost become darn near impossible to defend if you've got to defend something like him. I think there's he and special teams. Hill can block kicks. Hill can return kicks. I'm not saying Ta'amu can't. He might be a guy that can block a kick or be a gunner or a flyer and be a third quarterback on your roster with Henny active on game day who can do other stuff than just play quarterback. And, oh, yeah, he can throw the deep ball. Watch his throws to Metcalf. His throws, numbers to boundary or in the red zone to the corners, as good as you'll find. I mean, there's there's more to this discussion. This is the first discussion with Tottenham is that he could be a Taysom Hill for the Chiefs. Taysom Hill for the Chiefs. What? Yeah, that's just an amazing, uh, amazing um, next level of thinking when you always try to stay uh, in front of the curve, the learning curve. Everybody takes an offseason of saying, hey, man, like um, the Wildcat offense came out like a like gangbusters. No one could stop the Wildcat. You give the defensive coordinators a offseason look at film, they stop the Wildcat. Pat Mahomes, his his ability to strike down the field, you know, 40, uh, 40 touchdowns, Almost 50 touchdowns a season. Uh, we got to stop his scoring ability. All right, let's get an offseason and look at it. And now the Taysom Hill package. Um, but you have to have somebody with that dual threat ability, um, somebody who's not your starting quarterback because you can't risk your starting quarterback in all those scenarios. Um, and I think we found one. We found a way to add another layer of, of offensive packages to the playbook. And what that does is just keep that defensive coordinator preparing uh, for Pat Mahomes, for Kelsey, for Hill, for uh, um, uh, Sammy Watkins, and now you got to prepare for this unknown quarterback. Now, also the running game with Williams and Washington. We haven't talked about him, uh, but but just all these different aspects of how a team can attack you. It puts a defense on its heels. It makes you concerned about all the things that might happen instead of going about your business and doing what you can do on defense um, to prevent that guys from scoring touchdowns. And innately, it ends up making you more vulnerable to Pat Mahomes, which you, you should be focused on stopping him, him in the first place, first and foremost. But because we have so many other weapons, it takes your eyes off of the main thing, which is the main thing, which is P MVP Pat scoring, going up and down the field on your defense. Yeah, I think Pat would almost embrace something like that. And if I've got to spend this amount more time during the week to, let's say, Jordan Tomu becomes Taysom Hill, then all of a sudden... I've got to spend. That's less time I've got to. I have to even give the capacity to try to fill. Have a good. What are they going to do with Tyree Kill? Or when they show us trips out of here? At, oh, D Rob's in the slot. Oh, it's Hardman in the slot with them. What are we going to do with that? I may not have time to do that if I've got to go. Well, wait a minute. They just scored last week on this crazy package mm -hmm. that they've got. 
And just so you know, Taysom Hill is not a gadget anymore for the Saints. They put a first-round tender on him, and he played 25% of the snaps last year in one way, shape, or form for the Saints. All right, that's one place, number one, with Jordan Ta'amu that the Chiefs could go. Here's another one. Uh, this includes Henny and Shermer and the whole room, and that is creating equity at the quarterback position. We have seen this now. I'm going to give two examples here that are worthy of discussion. One, the Packers did this. Remember a guy named Matt Flynn? Yes. Matt Flynn, was he came out of uh, LSU. Uh, he was highly regarded. Russell Wilson ended up beating him out after Seattle had given him money, or there was a trade, actually, uh, that Green Bay did. I was thinking, well, why would Green Bay trade for a quarterback? They've already got a quarterback. Well, it creates equity at that spot. A better example are the team is the team that we don't like to talk about, but we got to talk about, and that's the New England Patriots. Hear me out on this. Okay, they draft Jared Stidham. This is I'm going to go through the quarterbacks, some of the prominent quarterbacks they drafted with Tom Brady as a starting quarterback. Oh. Jared Stidham, he could be the Pat starter this year. There's one, two. Jacoby Brissett. They drafted Jacoby Brissett. They trade him for Philip Dorsett uh, to the Colts. They get great value out of it. Some dude named Jimmy Garoppolo was drafted in 2014. What do they do? They trade him for a cornerback in Duke Dawson. I'm going to throw in Cliff Kingsbury just because he was Mahomes' uh, college quarterback. He doesn't factor into this discussion. It's just too fun to say he was drafted in 03 by the Patriots. Matt Castle. Matt Castle. Taken by the Patriots. They got Brady at quarterback. They trade him to the Chiefs for Patrick Chung, who's still playing for the Patriots at safety and part of three Super Bowl championships. Here's the other part of why you look at a quarterback, you fill that quarterback room. The equity you can create for your team later on with the person that you develop, even within your own program, can find you a player or a need later in the trade market. If you can get a quarterback who has solid skill sets, his appreciation, his value only will increase as the Chiefs' offense continues to put up numbers. As our offense puts up numbers, people aren't going to care who was at the quarterback realm? Who started? Who was? They're going to see this quarterback was in the room with Pat Mahomes and hope that osmosis might have took over, that he might have seen something about Pat's uh, pregame preparation, the way he looks at things. And they're going to say, we're going to get somebody that was in the same room as Pat Mahomes was a year or two or even training camp. And maybe, just maybe, he can add that spark to our offense. Maybe, just maybe, he can add a little bit of that flavor to what we got going on and give us that spark we need for our offense to take off. Um, so as the draft comes, as trade comes, having ability to, 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 to capture a few extra quarterbacks and then in the season, being able to trade those assets away for future draft picks, for players of need, being able to get a, a starting safety, a starting rush in, a starting offensive tackle, that's one position I think that holds value longer than any other position. We saw it happen with the Washington Redskins when they had RG3 um, and then Kirk Cousins. And they held on to Kirk Cousins year after year after year until they got a boatload from him after um, um, and Minnesota signed into that three-year guarantee year. Um, so you can hold on to the, those quarterbacks, and even without a lot of playing time, their value, their equity still um, remains high year after year. All right, that dovetails into the next discussion and getting into this current list of quarterbacks. So there's two reasons we're going to just – and we'll go through these guys pretty quickly. But the third discussion here is what happens with these quarterbacks in the draft – uh, particularly a guy named Jordan Love out of Utah State. He's gaining a lot more discussion as the months have gone on. 
your guy, your ambassador, Tony Adams, who played quarterback at Utah State, we were talking about him a long time ago, but now people are noticing. However, he's a bit of a lightning rod. You'll get some experts that think he's way overrated. Some are think he's the next Patrick Mahomes. All right. That being said, where he's going to fall could push others down that aren't quarterbacks. But what it could do for Brett Veach is create equity at the 32 spot where the Chiefs are. Remember, the Chiefs only have five picks. So you stay at 32. You either try to trade up, but you don't have a lot of collateral to do that. But you could trade down to get extra picks. It's the Chris Jones philosophy. In 2016, the Chiefs go from 28 to 37 and get Chris Jones with the 37th pick. Now, because of the quarterback situation, not necessarily taking a quarterback because of what happens before the 32nd pick, now all of a sudden, because of a need, Carolina Panthers set at 38. They got two fifth-rounders. The Lions set at 35. That would be three slots, and they got two-thirds and a fifth. You could move down and get an extra pick later, even if it's a third, fourth, or fifth. And this quarterback class, even though the Chiefs aren't interested in a quarterback in this class, particularly since taken to Amu, is the fact it could affect your 32nd pick. Definitely. not. Yeah, not even in relationship of what you actually want and desire. It's what these other teams desire to do with your pick. And having that 32nd pick with that that extra year option that allows you to have an option, another option year on your contract, that's what people love to do with the quarterback position. You love having that extra year to be able to look and evaluate and decide if this guy is a franchise quarterback or not. That's the one position people love to have um, that flexibility at is when drafting the quarterback. So like you said, you have a bunch of teams, um, possibly eight or nine teams this year, that would love to change their quarterback position. But when you look at the quarterbacks coming out in the draft, there's only four that people are considering are, are top-level assets. So when three of them go and you're a remaining team and that fourth piece, whether it's um, Jalen Hurts or if it's uh, Love, and you're waiting because Herbert's gone, because Tua's gone, because Burrow's gone, and you look around and there's another four teams that you think are interested in the quarterback position, and now it becomes pick 30, 31, or 32, how much draft capital are you willing to push to the table in order to get that pick so that you can get yourself a quarterback for the future. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of phone calls. I think the Chiefs uh, general manager, Veach, his phone will be re- ringing off the chart after about pick 22 or 23 about what the Chiefs want to do with that 32nd pick. And all of that is positive. That's so positive because if it gets to that position and you see there is still five or six guys that we really want, dropping down three spots, dropping them down eight spots, I think we still get somebody that's going to uh, uh, make an impact on this team, and then you'll receive so much extra capital. Um, it, it, it's, it's in a win-win situation. So I love sitting at 32 with no major holes, ready for a team that can win right now, go play right now with the guys we, we already got on the roster. Um, it, it, all, the, the ball's in Brett Beach's court. Everybody's going to be calling his phone. And most of the league, again, is just rocking back and forth going, how do we find Patrick Mahomes? How do we find Patrick Mahomes? Well, we've got him. So that's the comforting thing. You mentioned the the headliners in this discussion, and really, uh, the other guy would be Jake Fromm, but I don't, I think he's going to be a mid or later round guy. But here's where the Chiefs Kingdom gets interested in these guys that you mentioned as well. There's a very real chance here, Shop, that two of these three guys, or two of the four guys that you mentioned, five if you're going to put Love or Easton in there, could end up in this uh, in the AFC West. I look for the Raiders to take a young guy to 
do the Alex Smith, Mahomes thing with Derek Carr and then become the guy. We know Chargers. Taylor's there. Tyrod Taylor's there. But they're in the market to try to find a young quarterback. A lot of mock drafts have had Tua fall to them at number six. I still think Burrow's going to go to Cincinnati at one. Uh, but, I mean, that could change. We're still two weeks away. However, we got to get ready in studying this class because as I look at these guys, as I look at them, I almost look at them as a competitor, not as someone who would be a part of our team or part of the equity discussion. That's later. I see love as equity, possibly hurts. But those guys above them, to me, look like competitors to us. And we talk about the importance of the NFL combine that we had for all these guys coming out and how, how important it was to go to these guys' pro dates. And that's something that's missing this year, right? Not having to put your, your having your own defensive staff and your scouts be able to uh, make a full write-up off of these guys on their pro day. But so much work is done in the fall throughout their college season. We, we know how these quarterbacks have. We know their strengths and weaknesses. And so if we have to see them during the season in a Chargers uniform, in a Raiders uniform, um, I think we'll have a, a, a full evaluation. We'll know exactly what they what they what they have, their strengths and weaknesses. And it's not because we wanted to scout them because we were thinking about drafting them. But like you said, odds are both there are two more teams in our division. They're going to be looking to get young really quick. They're going to look for a franchise uh, spark out in L.A. with the um, Chargers, Herbert. Uh, two or in, in, either one of those guys would be a, a blessings for that organization. And then with the Raiders, um, don't don't think that um, Mike Mayock, with his uh, scouting background and his uh, NFL, uh, NCAA scouting combine background, wouldn't die to move up to get one of these quarterbacks. He felt like everybody let slide out of the top couple picks. So I, I would definitely be on the lookout for the Raiders trying to get back up at the end of the second round to maybe go after Love or uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and the Raiders have equity because this is the Khalil Mack cash-in. The last couple of years, they get the Khalil Mack picks here. And so the Raiders uh, can dictate and be so, be very aggressive in this draft. All right, we'll close it up here, Shop. And to review, one, the Chiefs have the GOAT. Uh, now, all of a sudden, I mean, this is going to be my 27th year in the NFL. You and I have been on the other side of the river because we've had to face the GOAT, figure out how to beat the GOAT, throwing rocks at the Giant. We've got the Giant, right? We have got uh, the guy in the, leading the way who's the best in the league. That's one. Two, the creativity that could be involved in this room particularly with a guy like Jordan Ta'amu. Three, building equity at the quarterback position. And four, scouting this group because a competitor or two may be in this 2020 draft class. Well, you hit all the, the, the four components, all the four building blocks of being super competitive to being a championship mindset is not resting on your loyals. Just because a position is doing well or because you have the goat or you have the, 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 next, the next great thing in that position – you, you don't take that as an, a, a cue to slow down. You, you put your, your pedal to the metal, hit the accelerator, and you continue to make everybody chase your tail. Everybody wants to chase what we have in Pat Mahomes. You try to re recreate it. Most of the times you're going to fall on your face. Um, you can't beat us at what we do great. Our quarterback is great. If you try to put your quarterback against ours on any given day, Nine, 99 out of 100 times, our quarterbacks don't come out victorious. So I, I, I welcome that challenge. I welcome teams to uh, try to match up the quarterback position against us versus making everything else in their, in their, in their team uh, a little bit better to try to stop us. Um, but with that said, um, the, the quarterback position is a leadership position. 
we have we have a guy that leads by example. Um, he's humble. Um, he serves the community. Um, he, he leads by example when it comes to the workouts in the offseason. Um, and he's and he's so humble when it comes to um, um, not taking anything for granted. You look at his workouts, how he is in the community, all these things. He just wants he's a football guy. He's breeds uh, um, football 101. He's a great football player and, 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 a, and a great asset to the organization. Um, and like you said, we got him and you don't. So stop trying. So I'm looking forward to this 2020 season led by one Pat MVP again. Let's run it back, Mahomes. But it also means you don't stop trying to build equity in that quarterback room. There's a lot of value in doing that. He's Sean Barber. He's Barbershop. He's the shop. He's the Spider-Man. He is the principal or vice principal of his country school homeschooling effort at the uh, School of Shop. Uh, I'm Mitch Holtis, Voice of the Chiefs. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Defending the Blue today and continue up for all of you on the front lines uh, in this battle against COVID-19 and this pandemic. We appreciate you. God bless you. And next week's shop, we're going to jump into the wide receivers. We delayed those guys, uh, the best group, I think, now in the NFL, particularly what's happened, but we'll get after that next week. He's Sean Barber. I'm Mitch Holtis. Thanks for joining us in Defending the Kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs official podcast network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins in Arrowhead.